0: There's a lot of topics with, with inside this portion regarding to, um, to, to to Jacob and Isaac and all the, and Esau and all the various details. A lot of comparisons people have done over the years on these two characters within inside our Torah. So in this instance, the few things to cover quickly or briefly scan them. Just a few details as we go into the what I, what I want to talk about more today, as far as some of the comparisons within inside our entire uh, entire Bible on this subject matter. So first of all, obviously it starts out, there's a few things which I'll be honest with you, I do not have answers to. They just happen to be there. So I don't have it. Maybe you have some answers. I do not know. <laughs> there are some uh, people, some people have gone over the years, have discussed the different um, things they've connected or noticed with inside our Torah portion. And I'll cover a few of those details real, real quick right now. Um, one of them, of course, is the uh, unusual repetition of the Aramean. So when this Torah portion starts out, that uh, Isaac essentially is uh, is has married Rebecca, obviously, but uh, that so that she's she's from she's her dad was an Aramean, her brother's an Aramean, which is somewhat repetitive in and of itself. But most, not all, most commentators, both in Christian and Jewish circles, believe or perceive that this Aramean reference being repeated here twice is designed, though it's obvious. It's designed to re- recall or recollect later on when our tour worship discovers, or not discovers, when it covers the topics of uh, first fruits that my father uh, was, was, was the Aramean tried to destroy my father, and and we went down to Egypt and got ourselves all, we saved ourselves in Egypt kind of thing, got ourselves out. And the Aramean reference, of course, to Laban in that reference later. So it's it's not necessarily critical. Those are minor details. I'm not too worried about it, about it topic-wise. But it is unusual to have the Svator repeat an unnecessary statement about the Aramean over and over again, but it's quite obvious in what, what the details are. But the more interesting part is the character and nature of Isaac as well as his, his wife Rebecca. We've covered this in the past, we'll cover it again, it's just fine now. Uh, note that roughly 20 years, give or take, is a time period where Isaac and Ab- and, and Rebecca are trying to have a child, but they can't, they're praying. It is important that in this statement, it points out that Isaac is facing his wife to pray, which means the two of them are praying together. They're working as a team, which is a good thing. We want, it's a great example when we have our patriarchs and the lives they live and their relationships with their spouses being explained or expounded upon. It helps us as people today understand contextually how God wants or expects our relationships to work. So, I, as we record, obviously are very, very close to each other. They're praying together, discuss this issue for people have argued, whether they're praying for a full 20 years, or they're paying for you know 15 of those years, who knows? The point is, they're praying together for a long time, and they had to wait 20 years, the answer. I'll be honest with you, I'm not very patient. I'm not a patient person. Shocking, and know my wife's looking at it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I consider myself not patient because twenty years is a very, very, very long time—not impossibly long, but just very long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you dear. Um So, so it's 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 a it is a it's a long time to pray, waiting for an answer to prayer, and it doesn't come for twenty years. So it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's just not easy. But it shows you again the character nature of Isaac and Rebecca. For 20 years now i don't know how many years uh abraham and sarah were praying uh, for their child obviously I think ishmael was eight, he was like 80 some odd years old i forgot the exact age when ishmael was born and of course he's 100 from isaac is born so they were probably played for also most likely many decades and of course those prayers had to be waited patiently before they got answered so it tells us that the nature the character between the patriarch and his wife the matriarch how they work together the, their team effort so to speak Is an important component in the relationship of your of your spouse. So it tells me that when I'm dealing with my spouse, or when somebody else talks to me about their issues with their lives, the spouse relationship is very very tight close. Uh, Yes, you have a hand up.
1: Yeah, Daniel, uh, didn't you
2: and Lori wait seven years before you had your first child?
0: Oh right. (laughs) Yes, that's not (laughs) twenty. Yeah,
2: but it wasn't twenty. Yeah, but you still you still waited.
0: Hold on, she's she now now she's calculating. Hold on a minute. <laughs> four years. She said four years. So there, save it, it was four. Okay, now now she's okay. Let's not go in this math. I'm getting in trouble already. Thanks, Rose. <laughs> okay, that was not my intention, that side side note of my personal life. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's go through this a little bit. So, a long time, the point is, work together with your spouse, which is a good thing. We obviously know that in our modern culture, but we know that in our modern culture, not necessarily throughout the human, humans' history, and that's one of the distinctions. And my point being that if our Bible gives us a, a nature of way of life, and we apply that, that's, to me, that's great, but if we choose to not apply it, that's not so grand. So there are some cultures and some time periods within our own culture where these types of relationships were not necessarily advocated for. Uh, we have them. We have historic references to them, which we're not going to cover today, but where women were treated a little differently than men. And I won't go into those details, but that's how life has been in some cultures today. It still is. There are a few details. I'm, I'm going to go to all of them, but the next question I have, rhetorical question, you don't have to answer it, but if you have an answer, volunteer, because I'd like to hear your opinion. Um, Two nations, the two the two babies inside of Rebecca's womb. Why did God do that? I, I said what he did. Obviously, there's Isaac, sorry, there's Jacob and there's Esau. That's fine. But he could have just chosen one child. Why did God want or desire or set it up such that two children would come and they would fight, argue bigger, whatever, and they would separate in this capacity? For example, I, the reason I bring it up, be back. There's always a bad guy. There's always a villain in the story. That's, that, that's one point. Okay, I'll give that to you. Maybe God did the villain for a while. <laughs> well, in Isaac's case, the villain, he, whose villain was he? What, what, sorry, who, who, what villain did he have? Isaac? Isaac. Well, Ishmael was maybe a villain early, early, early on his little baby, a little kid, but not so much most of his life. Now, we do have his villain. It's Abimelech, right? The bad guy. The bad wanted to treat him poorly. And of course, Isaac points out that to Abimelech with the whole well thing, the, the wells and being kicked out, and such about this not you not you you hating me, and Abimelech feigns shock as if he'd never heard of that before. So we have this. There's always a bit good guy to bad guy, so to speak. But I want to point out to you that in this this is this is so I'm going to go into Daniel H's opinion here. I think that God needed or used I said need used by more accurate use the, the 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 concept between flesh and a spirit idea here. This is my opinion. And I see that, hold that opinion because in the case of Isaac and Ishmael, we have this, this story, of course, that uh, Ishmael, of course, being the son of flesh and our son of the, the woman or, or, of Hagar and, and Isaac being the son of promise. We have that discussed in, in our New Testament book of Galatians, discussed that concept, that there was a person of flesh, a pro- son of the promise versus son of the flesh. I had the same principle God was trying to, or was was planning on repeating that concept with uh, Esau and Jacob, because Esau being a son of flesh, so to speak, and Jacob being a son of spirit. Now, Jacob did bad things too, though, right? He wasn't like an all good, perfect person. He had lots of serious issues. But I bring this up because the reason I bring this up, which I'll come back to it shortly, is that... You'll notice in the blessings that Isaac gives to both Jacob and to Esau, the blessings he cites to Jacob and Esau regarding the good things, like uh, physical things, the, 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 the greatness of the earth, the bounty, the wonderful stuff you'll need, you're eating, whatever you're surviving, living, that kind of thing, the physical stuff. They're very, very similar. Not identical, but very, very similar. The distinction being Jacob, however, Receives blessings using the name of God, because Isaac uses God's name to invoke with Jacob's blessing on both occasions. He does not use God's identity in any capacity when blessing Esau. Isaac skips God completely out of it. So that that to me is an indicator that I think Isaac, this is Daniel opinion, I think Isaac realized that in both boys' lives. There is a physicalness that's needed and a blessing from God, but, but blessing of life. But in Esau's case, it is truly physical, like truly flesh. That's all he's interested in. In the case of Jacob, it is the blessing from God that was needed. So in uh, in Jacob's case, he receives both the same physical blessing. that Esau got are very similar blessing that Esau got. But Jacob got a second blessing in that promise with this whole, uh, this whole blessing of the firstborn thing, uh, with God's name invoked multiple times within his spiritual blessing that Jacob received, that he will be, you know, a, a, a great person. So the point is that Jacob received two blessings in that blessing process, one flesh and one spiritual, while Esau received just a fleshly blessing alone. So I think Because of that, I think that that is probably one of, if not the reason, about the reason, in my opinion, it's one of the reasons why God used a dual Esau and Jacob, much like he would have done a dual Ishmael and Isaac. Yes, uh, the comment, go ahead.
3: Well, you
4: see this in the Tanakh, in the reading in Genesis chapter 10, pretty much from the beginning. Um, I don't know if you were going to go into this to kind of elaborate on the point you've been trying to reinforce a little bit. Is that um in like twenty five in Genesis twenty five twenty seven? It talks about when the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a quote right. peaceful man living in tents. Now right. I'm reading that from the New American Standard Bible, and you might presume that that word peaceful is a variation on the name Shalom or something like that, but it's not.
0: Eh, it's not. It's yeah. not.
4: It's <laughs> actually um I, it's actually the Hebrew word tam t a m. Which, which yep. is translated into English as tam, which is that like tame. You know, we read later on when we talk about tamim, tame, the idea of being complete or perfect. So here from the get-go, mm-hmm. Jacob is being described as quote perfect, a, per- a or complete, complete perfect person, thing. so right. to speak, someone who yes, right. is self-assured or complete. While Esau is um, described as a quote skillful yeah. hunter or might right. um, and so that man of the field and that word hunter you only see that word used one other time in the entire one, one book right. of genesis actually in the yeah. entire torah but particularly entire book of genesis the whole torah it's um and then the only other reference is in genesis 10:9 where it talks about nimrod yep. being nimrod, a mighty exactly. hunter before the lord so right. you so, have that idea exactly. so, that so, you know, Rather than being, a, um, being someone who's complete and peaceful in his tent, Esau, even though when you read about Esau, it, he wasn't like Nimrod in the sense that he didn't have... Yeah, he wasn't...
0: E- he wasn't example. an emperor wasn't or whatever, right? But exactly. he still had that motivation, way. that
4: um, kind of attitude towards the outside world, that he was more the extrovert. He was into the outside world, whereas Jacob was more of an introvert into the inside world of being in his tent or
0: whatever. That, the yeah, yeah that's thank you, Terry, for bring those up. Those those are absolutely true points. And that and this is one of the reasons why Esau and why God uses these examples, we have these examples in our Torah, of these types of characters that we see that intuitively look, well, look, that seems like an odd character, but yet God is using them to teach us lessons about certain types of people and behaviors which he he approves of or likes versus not. And also this comment you bring up in verse twenty-seven regarding Jacob and dwelling in tents and such, and 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 type of thing. Well, in Genesis four, it discusses that concept. So Genesis four, uh, verse twenty-ish thereabouts. I've got the exact the exact just on that ballpark. Um, discusses it about uh, one of the sons or descendants. Of, I think it's Cain, or yeah, descendants of Cain, being the, the one the father one who dwell in tents and keep flocks. Well, in Judaism, Jewish tradition interprets of someone who dwells in tents means they are a shepherd. That's the cons behind it. Um, as opposed to one who's a hunter who is not dwelling in tents. Now does that mean hunters don't own tents? They they may not own tents at the point. A tent dweller is one who picks stuff up, moves, and then settles for a little while as as the as the as the, the the your flock, the animals which you are herding or domesticating and feeding are hanging out there. Then after some time, a month Three months, whatever it is, pick up the next spot. And again, that's a quote, tent dweller. And based on Genesis chapter four, we have the concept of tent dwellers are shepherds. That's the idea behind them. Hunters don't do that. You don't sit there and pop a tent and hate and, and hunt your game. The game runs away. <laughs> my tent's here. Oh, my game ran that way because I was here. Hunters are continuously moving all the time. They're never settled anywhere. And the idea of being a settler or, or someone who is content. And place where they're at to grow or to thrive. They have a more of a, of a, place, a place identifier. I, I belong here. I have a pattern of place. I go from place to place to place. In this exact pattern, as my blocks eat this mountainside, then we'll come back in four months. As we go by this mountainside over here, eat that one, they come back as the grass grows. It's one who cares about the land and monitors, pays attention to it. Does a hunter do that? Not typically. Whether or not the trees or bushes are around, the interest is whether or not is the deer or gazelle or buck, whatever it is, is it hiding there or not? Yes or no. If it's no, move on. The, the, the idea of, of one which cares more deeply about the, the, the location where they're dwelling is the concept behind dwelling in tents and being shepherds. Hence, that's Jewish philosophy. Christian philosophy, I don't know. I didn't ask any, I didn't look at any commentators regarding the dwelling in tents attached to shepherd or not. But the Jewish philosophy, it is. So we have this, yes, this, this complete or a whole person, which means I have both a physical person, physical life, but I also have a spiritual life. In Esau's case, we don't seem to have a great concept or, or I- image or idea of his spiritual life. In the comparison to Nimrod, we do have a spiritual life, but not the right kind. <laughs> his is more of a I mean, worship me type of type of spiritual life. Um so his spiritual life is also distorted or 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 screwed up, and so it brings these, these concepts up because in Ishmael and and uh, Esau's case, uh, neither of them and their descendants continued on in a spiritual sense to follow God. Uh, yes, another comment is up.
1: Oh, I was going to say, um, uh, in the purest sense, an Esau doesn't really need a God. He's like your cat. He's he's operating out of his gut how often is he going to look to god instinct yeah instinct right. he, he's uh, not looking for guidance <laughs> other than when
0: there's no game it's like
1: what's going on here
0: <laughs> can't find anything i'm desperate looking eat berries hunter gatherer yeah so as uh, joy points out it's somebody who feels who seems more immediate the immediate need He gave away his birthright for the immediate need of a bowl of, 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 of soup. So clearly, his immediate right here in front of me is what matters to him. There's no looking past what's in front of him type of concept. Um, and that, that, that's, that's the idea, the image we get from Esau, which, again, is similar to our flesh and blood, isn't it? That's the idea. Our flesh and blood is, I need this here and now. When the Israelites come out of Egypt with the whole, I have no water, which i right, don't doing wrong. You need water. <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. I need this, need that. The immediate here and now is what they're after, not the long-term goal of, yes, this is the journey. It's a hard war to get to the promised land, the long-term goal. The long-term goal was very, very short-sighted, very, very right in front of them, the immediate need, hence the idea of a flesh. Now, we have in the Book of Romans, which you guys have been covering for the Romans study for a while now, Romans 7, 7 discusses this concept of between the war between flesh and spirit and that we as human beings have this ne- this never-ending battle. And Apostle Paul was it was was arguing in, in Romans 7 about, I, I do the things that my spirit doesn't want me to do, and the things my spirit wants me to do, my flesh can't comprehend, and they struggle back and forth, and I can't seem to stop my flesh from winning at certain times and trying to argue with my flesh with my spirit side. My spirit's not winning the argument, but sometimes the spirit does win the argument, and some of the flesh then can't comprehend it, yet I reach. See, this this never-ending battle, and this is Romans 7, verses like 14 through 25 in the, in the chapter, this constant battle between a normal human being. Well, again, that is what we would expect from a complete person, wouldn't we? Someone has a flesh and a spirit, this never-ending battle between what I should do versus what my body wants to do, what I feel like doing the here and now versus my long-term goals. So, give me the exa- this continuous example of Esau and uh, and, and and Jacob. In these two comparisons, you want having to a, a complete person versus an incomplete person. We also have Galatians discuss the whole flesh and, and spirit uh, uh, and flesh work each as well. Now, I have another question for you. Rhetorical, you don't have to answer this necessarily, but just rhetorical question to think about. In the nature of uh, the story we have with Abraham and Isaac, you will note that both men are patriarchs. Both men seemed to have attached initially, first of all, to the firstborn sons. Abraham multiple times to God. Hey, about, what about Ishmael? Ishmael's a good person too, right? As opposed to, you know, he doesn't have another son, and God said, No, no, Ishmael's fine, but I'm gonna bless Isaac anyway. So Abraham seems to advocate for Ishmael for a while, at least twice, by the way. And Sarah, of course, advocates against Ishmael and, and Hagar twice. The first time she kicks Hagar out while she's pregnant, second time kicks her out when, when once Isaac is weaned. So Sarah attached to Isaac, which you could argue, well, it's her, it's her child. I get that; that's fine. Now, a similar type of scenario happens with Isaac and Rebecca, though. Isaac attaches to the one who is the flesh-oriented individual, while Rebecca attaches to the more complete person, Jacob. They both attach their own their own their own child, their own their own uh, advocacy. Which which child they preferred for more or less. I don't have a full understanding as to why our Bible records it like that. I don't know why the specialty why Abraham and Isaac seem to have both bonded initially or more closely at least initially for Abraham to their firstborn sons while the moms bonded to the men's secondborn sons. I don't have an answer as to why that is. But it does imply, again, because of the relationship between the husband and wife, that there is also a balance, just like there's a human being, a balance between flesh and spirit, a husband and wife is a balance too. There's always a back and forth between the, the husband and wife, just which is we have with uh, Isaac and Rebecca's relationship and Abraham and Sarah's relationship. There's a back and forth continuously, both pulling much like how a flesh and flesh and spirit would pull. I'm not saying one's flesh and one's spirit of the husband and wife, I'm saying the, the, the dynamic between both patterns, both people, is a similar type of scenario we have <laughs> with the a complete person. Hence, why God told uh, Adam and Eve. That she so he shall leave his house and bond to her to become one, one flesh. The idea that you will have a a balance between the two, the two people. A similar so a complete person would have a similar type of idea, similar concept as far as that. Again, this is Daniel's opinion, by the way. Concept behind that balance between how a a single person works, just like a marriage works. Similar type of balance between flesh need versus spirit. The long term goal makes sense so far. I didn't lose anybody, did I? No? Okay, good. Oh, she curious where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, comment. Hold on a minute. So, Joy asked her about the idea. The mom is going to, oh, the mom will, will it's a, okay, so she's pointing out the one parent may feel closer, the mom in this case, feel closer to the son who is more like her, like the son's dad, because that's the bond they have, versus the other one. And that's possible. I can't swear it's the case. If that is the case in this scenario, I'm not saying it isn't because I don't know. Again, this is Daniel's opinion. And that Rebecca's character—that we have her as a young child or a younger woman before she got married but the whole the 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 the, the servant of Abraham comes to Laban's house and say, "Okay, well, let's all go. Uh, is it, let's 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 take this woman off to be to marry uh, to marry Isaac." And her first point was, "Yeah, I'll go." I'm out of here. <laughs> so the nature of getting me out of here may be that type of dynamic and that her person may have been more like Esau's. I do not know. That's, a, that's an excellent uh, question. Because I don't have a comment here was written. Is that it's been a long recognized in Jewish Christian circles that, are re, that a reason why men have to be command, commanded about connection with God is that women tend to be more open to spiritual than physical realities. That is actually a fair point that, 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 that you have an excellent point there. That men tend to be have to be have to follow the instructions to do so, else focus ourselves upon our life immediately immediate in front of us. That is probably I, I admit I see that fairly often as well. What was that? We're the, we're the, <laughs> great? So now we're playing. Thanks. Now we're now now she's blaming us. All oh, men <laughs> <laughs> for all miseries. So um, that's fairly fairly re- re- a good point that that may be what's going on. We have this type of di- type, di- type of. Di- Type of dynamic happening with inside uh, within inside the, the 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 marriage and the, how the nature of men. So they're pointing this all this stuff out because it seems somewhat odd that God tells Jacob and tells Esau later on, actually tells through Malachi the people of Jacob about Esau, the, the Edom the Edomites, that. Jacob, I loved Esau, I've hated, and that's been a long standing discussion with inside both Jewish and Christian uh, uh, discussions, uh, ideas. And all because of essentially the birthright. That's the b- bottom line. That birthright, which seemed very insignificant to those of us who are looking at reading the text, that realize, well, that's a, a minor detail for the most part. Well, in God's view, apparently that was super, super critical. That must have shown or showed the type of character Esau was, and this this this, this birthright, this, this 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 the value of what your position is in life. Who God allowed to come forward first meant nothing to you; it was unimportant. So that spurning of God's birthright, that was that's that's guaranteed the firstborn son, seems to be more of an issue, really realistically, about Esau rather than is about Jacob. So that's the spurning the birthright problem God seemed to have held very harshly against Esau and, of course, all of his descendants. Well, why would God hold against his descendants? They had no power over this. They said, to, to go back their great-great-grandpappy and say, hey, smack on the head, you can't do that, take the birthright. Why, why do we why be angry with them? Well, we have in our story, both in Malachi and, of course, obviously recorded Obadiah, the character type or the type of Person the Edomites became or were like this whole, this, this, this desire of to, 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 to see the destruction of their brethren, Jacob, which continued on for obviously for many generations and rejoicing in Obadiah's record, the rejoicing in the death and destruction of their brethren, Israel. So this, in, in some ways, Obadiah's record records a lot of the, the spiritual anger that Esau had toward Jacob. Is recorded in Obadiah. Obviously, hundreds of years later, the people of, of Edom have this same spiritual intense hatred, this, this indwelling, this, this destruction desire to kill and advocate for the death of Israelite, Israel, Jacob, Jacob's descendants. So, the people of Edom, though, we have from Ezekiel that God does not hold the children responsible for the fathers, and that's true, but if the children continue on in the father's hatred, the father's methodology of, of of destruction and hatred and evil, well, then yeah, you're also responsible for your own. You can say, well, my daddy told me to. Well, you can't argue that. You were responsible for your own. So, in this case, we have in Obadiah's records about the nature of when they, they came, when Israel is being carried off and captives and people tried to escape, Edom said, yes, let's go out and they slaughtered these, the people who tried to escape. <laughs> they they caught them and sl- and killed them off because God essentially allowed a route for people to get out and Edom said oh no 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 one escapes we're gonna make sure everyone's dead well I, I won't go into modern day Islam but that's, that's a similar type of type of type of mental mental idea so Esau though he was just a man and did one thing in his life he lived his life lived it and died. That mentality, that philosophy in life continued on throughout history for at least for a number of about a couple thousand years there or near to it, as far as how long this, this issue to Esau uh, continued on. And we have a similar thing even happening all over with King Herod, right? A, a descendant of Esau. Similar, a slaughtering was not even thought of. It was like, oh, sure, kill, kill, kill. Let's kill a few extra. Just in case we missed you, we'll just kill for the fun of it. So Herod also, a descendant of Esau. Similarly, has the same mental heart toward hatred and destruction and death, with no true uh, standing beyond his physical and immediate. So Herod obviously killed his family, killed his sons, his daughters, whatever. he's killed a lot of people because he was afraid they might want to take the throne from him. He's going to die anyway, eventually. Everyone dies, right? But he didn't care. He's going to die eventually. The far-out thought process doesn't exist. His spiritual wor- his spiritual world is not important to King Herod. It's the immediate here and now that mattered to it. So we have the same mentality still continue on all the way to Messiah's day of, at least the, in this case, was obviously one king of the of Edom. I can't swear it is for all the Edomites that day, but at least for him it was a good, a good example of the same intense hatred and disgust for Israelites. Or descendants of Jacob, so this this cause of flesh that seems to have this no spiritual discernment beyond the here and now. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, another hand up. Go ahead. So it looks like it's
1: even still happening today.
0: Yes. So <laughs>
1: Hamas wants <laughs> it, it, the death of all yes.
0: Israelites, all Jews. Right. So yep. The, so the Hamas today, which I talked about. The, off and on we, we, we everybody talked about it for months now or month and a half now thereabouts every preacher and, and rabbi i've heard of has always has, has brought this topic up because it, it was obviously at war so this concept has not really changed much and the, the 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 spiritual beyond what's the here and now seems to not be there as a person individuals on certain people whatever to look far in the future look distant planning or what my life, what I want my children and grandchildren, great grandchildren, what their life should be like is unimportant. There and now seems to be the important thing. And these here and now, again, I liken it to a flesh and blood person. The here, give me the Super Bowl, the red, the red bowl. I don't care about my birthright, but give me what I need right here and now. That's all I care about. And that mentality obviously results in death, destruction, destruction, death of other people, as well, of course, yourself and your own way of life. Uh, in this, this this is a, a a a problem with inside of each individual one of us, isn't it? I have a spiritual side, I have a physical side. My flesh has this, and my flesh wins out. What has my spiritual side? It dies, it collapses. So I have to continuously battle this. And I, my flesh has needs. Don't get wrong, we have to eat, drink, sleep. This flesh body still needs certain things, but we have to learn, pay attention to. Hey, there are important things that. Our spirit is actually our primary objective. The long term goals, our primary objective. And that 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 is what we want to focus our attention upon. So in this story, we have, I say the story because I some it's kind of funny. I think it's funny. It's my sense of humor, but that's just me. Um in 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 this idea, if we, let's go back to our concept when, when Isaac has his, I'm using the term loosely, wars or disagreements with Abimelech as a whole, she's my sister. She's my wife. Thing, and Abimelech, even though he, this, this, by the way, I mean, this is the exact same example because it's the same type of scenario. So Isaac, of course, is you know concerned about the death or his personal death by Abimelech or his hands because of the attractiveness of Rebecca, and uh, and of course he says, of course, the whole she's my sister thing, and Abimelech gets upset. He finds out. Okay, she's obviously, she's obviously your 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 wife, not your sister. But note what he does. He essentially admits the risk was true. The risk, the risk that Isaac had, his fear was legitimate because he then decrees that uh, nobody's to touch Isaac, no one's to kill him. Well, if there was no real risk, Abel would not have said, I'm issuing a decree that no one's allowed to lay a hand on him. Same thing with, with Abraham and Pharaoh. Pharaoh's, okay, here's the decree. No one's allowed to lay hand, hand on you. That tells me that both Isaac and, uh, and Abraham were right. That was what was going to happen to them. <laughs> they were going to get killed. They were in tune to the people because those people are flesh-oriented. Long-term is not the objective. Long-term doesn't matter. It's the immediate here and now that matters. Comments up. Right. As Joe as points out, most people may have had a reputation <laughs> as far as that type of lifestyle. If you're, 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 yeah, your reputation precedes you. So, we have a, some some justification for Isaac's concern, as well as Abraham's concern, by the nature of what the decrees came out from the king's mouths when they did this. It does again, you have this culture, an area where the immediate need and want needs to be fulfilled. We don't care about long-term. Now, Abimelech, I will give him some credit. He appears to have, hey, hey a bad thing could have happened to all of us. He probably recalled or had recollection of either him or his father. I'm not sure which one. Uh, was alive during Rebe- during Sarah's ex- scenario, which yeah, similarly things happened, and they had the whole uh, bodies, you know, sealed up. That wasn't so great. <laughs> so they had these these problems occur. So they do have some legitimacy, but the point being that Isaac is dealing with somebody who is physical right here and now. What I want, you're in the way, Isaac. You're dead now. I get it. We have the same scenario with 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 Ahab and Jezebel with Naboth. Naboth. Eh. I think the name was... What, I forgot the guy. The guy who had the, vi- the vineyard. I forgot. I, I, and it's an N, I may have the spelling wrong. I, I apologize. So Ahab wanted the vineyard. Vineyard was available. The guy wasn't going to sell it. Jesus Bill said, eh, whack. Hey, look, now it's yours. Ahab said, yay, I got my vineyard back. That the garden I wanted. Um, that is a physical here and now person with no concern for the death of a completely innocent man. The murderer by his own wife who killed him. Or, or, or ordered him killed. The struggle with David had a similar problem. Exactly, David had his struggles. Also, this whole this this, this t- tearing back and forth between physical and spiritual. So obviously, we have this spiritual idea. So when God says, "Esau, I have hated," and "Jacob, I have loved," he expounds, explains within Malachi that the reason he hates Esau isn't because of some, you know, some some he looked funny. <laughs> his attitude and and culture. So Esau, the Edomites. Just like the Esau with the whole birthright thing, Edomites, he explains to Malachi, he said, Hey, I took Edom, I crushed them because I, I, they were disobeying me, being disobedient to anything spiritually based, nothing good was coming out of them. And instead of them saying, Oh, help, 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 he said, No, we're gonna rebuild. Said, That's a rebellious flesh. I want here, I want it now. Give it to me now. You can't stop me, you can't make me do 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 you can't make me obey you. The same principle. So again, he points out. So therefore, God's saying here: therefore, Edom, I hate you, because clearly Edomites don't love God. That's not their concern. The here and now is now regarding Larry's point, um, the the modern day point of 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 Hamas and Israel and such, and all the various nations that, matter, that surround Israel, or most all of them, continuously declaring the death of death of Israel, kill, kill, kill um that's the, that's their or professed a uh, goal or objective in life pretty short sighted but that's just my my thoughts um it, we don't know obviously the long like descendants that took place and how many who esau either way, what they ended up being where they all moved to lived migrated blah 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 i, I mean, no one only really knows that stuff it's for the most part generally accepted that uh, Ishmael's descendants dominantly are the Arabic world. That's a common common belief system. I can't say it's actually right or wrong. And that Esau somehow is blended up or intermingled and, and somehow shoved in there too, though it's a bit unclear as far who actually is or isn't. That's, that's all a matter of debate. So Hamas today is probably some funky blend of potentially Arabs... Uh, some Egyptians in there. You probably have some, some Esau descendants. A whole lot of them shoved together inside this space. Even some argue Philistines may have been shoved in there too. I don't really know. But a lot of funky blend. And whether the descendancy doesn't really necessarily matter, it's their, it's their functional attitude that matters. What they're actually doing counts. Because in God's, God's world, actions matter. I can say, I believe in Jesus and then go kill people. Um, yeah, that ain't gonna fly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> your actions matter. You're about, you're measured by your actions. So, but 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 actions don't. We can't save through action. It's it's saved through grace. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about we're measured by our actions. We're talking about what did we do? What did we not do? Did we? Are we physical? Always focused on here and now, right in front of me, and can't see past it, or do we see long term distance. What is the ultimate goal, my objective, my, my end promised land goal? That What am I focused upon? These are, it's the action, of the person I'm talking about, not say their personal belief system. So these actions, to me at least, the, the story we go through, the stories of the patriarchs, is just ex- a continuous re- repetition or example or, or reiteration of, I have to battle this also. We all have this continuous battle. Which is important to note that we are battling. We're continuously at battle, as Paul kept reiterating. There's a continuous fight between flesh and blood, and our and our spirits was right versus wrong. And we and what I want to bring up to the next point, which I think is is, is interesting to me, uh, is that as as flesh is not completely idiotic. Okay, <laughs> flesh is not not thoroughly as dumb as it appears. So we have these two two sections here. So we have Esau and Jacob, which I'm gonna, Esau. is also write as uh, flesh, which includes a sort of short-sightedness or the here and now. So short-side sight. Then we have Jacob, which he's flesh too. the wrong. He has a flesh, but he's a body as well. But he has flesh, but he also has something else. He also has spirit. Now, does that mean he can't sin, transgression? Of course he can. He lied to his, his dad. He, was, he wasn't. he was And no, when Rebecca came to him and said, here's our scheme, Jacob didn't say, oh, no, 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 mom, that's wrong. He didn't. He said, no, no, mom, I'll get caught. <laughs> we had to find a way of not getting caught Okay. clearly he has flesh too. That's great. Yeah, he would tell the difference, right? Clearly he has flesh too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jacob's a a, a truly perfect human being he's more a complete person and that he has both concepts and Esau does not so don't be wrong i'm not saying that that flesh he's battles too he has his own 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 struggles but the point of jacob's idea is a long long term or the goals the goal as far as what i want what is my long-term objective where i want to get to from here in the distance what is my what is my objective long term now, in the case of Jacob and Esau in their in their birthright thing, Jacob saw, okay, here's a bowl and that's a birthright. Birthright's worth more than the bowl. I'll make the exchange. I'll make this deal because my brother's short sighted. Oh, yes. Someone's hands is up. Good. Comment?
4: Yeah, you brought up Rebecca. I wasn't even going to bring this issue up, but you brought up Rebecca again regarding <laughs> um, Jacob about, you know, she says to him, you know, like you said, he says, you want me to lie to my dad. If my dad finds out I lied to him, I'm going to get a whooping, right? And Rebecca right, says, don't right. worry about it. I'll take the whooping. And you might think, wait a minute. If I, right. if he really loved his mother, why would he allow her to take that risk? And this article right. I was actually reading, Chabad actually points out is that um, They say here, Jacob, like all Jewish boys, loved his mother, but he and his mother loved God and were fully aware of the sacred responsibility on their shoulders to be guardians of the people. So, what they're pointing out here is that I would submit to you that maybe when Jacob, when Rebecca said that to him, he realized how serious this blessing thing really was, that she was willing to take that risk. Risk that. Mm -hmm. And so he followed along because. You know uh, how they phrase it here. Um, uh, um, if the mother was prepared to the, risk it, it, being cursed by the holy Isaac, this was proof enough to Jacob how absolutely critical it was for these blessings to be conferred upon him and not upon Esau. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. Jacob agreed to the mother's request. So that, that I thought that was really interesting. That's
0: that, that's it. it, it yeah. Is an interesting point, and and we don't know enough about. Their motives to to say for certain, but there is something to this. Now, I've I've always asked people, have always asked the question. Okay, Rebecca, why didn't you just go to Isaac directly? Say, hey, come on, you're you're not an idiot. You're smart. You're a smart girl. You, you, you said Rebecca, I'm pooped. you up to her. And why didn't you just relay, relay the information? Say, hey, Isaac, you can't do this. We already know what God said. This is wrong. You know the right solution. And so one man, I won't say his name because I disagree with him, but <laughs> one man believed that Isaac was in on the scheme. This was a scheme all against, planned against Esau. I, I have a hard time believing that because <laughs> it doesn't jive with, with, with the rest of the story very well. But the idea that somehow, because they, they, he, he couldn't fathom how Rebecca would not have relayed the affirmation to Isaac and argued, hey... Husband, this is wrong, and you know the right answer. You can't pursue and, and go against God's will just because you feel like it. And that's been a long-standing debate. So we, I don't know. The conversation you have between Isaac and Rebecca is unclear. Maybe she did argue. Maybe he kept shutting her down. I don't know. I have no idea. But that's that's kind of a, a lo- long-standing argument. I have two of the people's hands up. So um, hello. So uh, hello first, and then Hamlet, Pamela can be second. Go ahead.
1: And I got three hands up here. And hello. Love
0: Oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, I can't see the people over there, so go for it.
1: Isaac wasn't necessarily the holy, holy man anyway. You know, you have, have those earthy kind of people who were, who were leaders like Saul and whatnot, but a little short-sighted. You know, and he smelled his son. I ah, smell the earth. You know, that's right. not... I smell you going to God, brother. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> I smell the earth, man. You're a hunter. We're never going to go hungry as long as you're around. So you know, he, Isaac had
0: his issues. I, I, he has issues. That's, that very well could be. Uh, oh, uh, let's uh, next person.
2: Hi, it's Christine. I just wanted to read what uh, the Word of God said to Rebecca, as recorded in Torah, and of course yes. we have different in. Uh, translations.
0: Variations, go ahead.
2: Two nations are in your womb, two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger, and the other and the older will serve the younger. So however this was given to her, it was given, and there's no doubt about it. So Rebecca Rivka always knew what the promise was, and according to the Torah, heard directly from God. So um, I think that it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, when she was maneuvering and making her moves, she was that human uh, interaction, much like Sarah might have had with Hagar, just trying to make a move, and being caught up and wanting to see something fulfilled. And I think that there's a lot of room uh, that should be given in that area.
0: Oh, absolutely. Not, 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 not criticizing Rebecca at all. It, it's it's just an interesting story as far as where, where is, where, where is the, the, the conversation that we would have expected as normal husband and wife would have had uh, and why, why, how did this thing even take place? I mean, for example, uh, what? Why? Why wasn't it such that uh, Isaac R was already aware of the story and already say, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this instead of biasing it toward Esau, rather biasing it toward Jacob, like he like we would have expected." And that's it's it's an interesting part of the story. It's more of a conversation piece, not necessarily a criticism of either of either party. They both have their ups and downs. We're all human beings. We have we have our our, our good and bad points. But it's it's an interesting conversation piece more than anything. Uh, We'll push the hell out, and then Pamela's been, holding, been waiting for a while. So go ahead.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Is it my turn? To, right, I believe so, so. Yeah, go ahead. So this is Ann. Um, I just uh, wanted to say that here we are, you know, trying to help God out. You know, well, He said it's going to be this way, you know, but it's taking too long, and I got to help Him out. So be, be careful when you try to manipulate circumstances to make it happen. But God did tell her, you know. The second thing was when, uh, with that, um, with the point about uh, curse, may may the curse of this thing go on me, Rebecca said. And I'm thinking of when they were saying crucify him, crucify him, how the women said, may his blood be on our children and on on us. It wasn't that... uh, Similar women that said expression that I, I, I
0: don't recall if the women said that or just the people. I don't recall if it's the women, it or not. the
3: women that were
1: Yeah, they said that.
3: And and look at uh, what's happened to Israel since that time. I mean, after Yeshua, then they wow. went into exile. Basically. That's an
0: interesting question. So that was come up in a lot of different conversations about this topic. Uh, whether or not So if a curse is a curse and it means something, can a human being transfer a curse to someone else? Meaning, can I say, um, Joe Schmo, God's mad at you. You got the curse. I go to God and say, oh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, I'm taking Joe Schmo's curse. Put it up on me instead. Now, God, of course, can transfer curse. That's he do what he wants. But can I do that? I mean, can I transfer curse? Now, I know Messiah has the authority to do certain things that I'm not Messiah. I don't have that authority. And so some it's been, it's, been, it's been a debate. I've heard now two people who've argued this over the past probably 10 years or so discussing, is this is the is is there is there truth or strength behind Rebecca's statement meaning the transfer of a curse and no one really knows people speculate and guess maybe the a curse if there was such if there was such a one could have been transferred or not and no one we don't know it's it's a it's a what if scenario type of thing um, my personal opinion i'm inclined to think i don't i don't i don't i don't I'm not inclined to think a person can transfer a curse someone else without god affirming or agreeing with that transfer so in the case of the people of the messiah's day his cursed blood be upon us and our children and such um, now because ezekiel prohibits that i would say their transic curse to them and their descendants is illegitimate you can't argue that that transfer is right um because god says i don't do that people do that he, he points out in ezekiel 18 people do that my God, don't do that. So I'm not I'm not sure how clear-cut it is on curse transferring. That's kind of a, a very gray-ish area within our texts. There are times which you argue maybe it could be, and then times maybe not. We have a similar type of scenario t- taking place with, uh, after Saul was dead, um, a plague comes upon Israel, David's king, and david goes and finds the descendants of saul's concubine i forgot her name was an r and he hangs them in payment for saul executing a bunch of people of god in the the town of nob so well isn't that a transfer of saul's punishment to saul's children that should be against god's law because he says you can't do that god doesn't do that yeah, but David did some David did some screwy stuff, so we don't know is that is that a fair or not fair? Is that a tr- true transfer or David just was grasping at straws and killed a bunch of guys hoping it would fix the problem? We don't really know whether that's a true transfer as far as a son being punished for their father's sins, which would be unjust in our God's uh, uh, how God explains it. So he, he said he, people do that, but he points out that he himself does not. So or is so was God transferring to punishment to, to, to Saul's descendants, or was David transferring punishment to Saul's descendants? My inclination to believe is that David was one transferring punishment to Saul's descendants, not necessarily God transferring punishment. So people can do that right or wrong, do it all the whole time, but I just don't know. I don't have enough evidence that says God would have also transferred that type of a curse. That seems, unless God says so, I don't have a a good, good concrete evidence says yes, he does, or no, he doesn't. In fact, I have more evidence saying he does not, or other people do, than the other way around. It's kind of a strange scenario. So, I don't know if this statement from Rebecca would be honored by God or not, meaning any kind of curse. Now, in some Jewish circles, they argue, well, she did use her curse because Jacob leaves and he never sees her alive again. Well, we don't know if he saw her alive again. The Bible doesn't tell us that. It doesn't say that he went to Laban and came back and she was already dead. It doesn't say that. All we have record of is that her, ne- her wet nurse dies after he's returned. Many years gone by, and Deborah, who was supposed to be older than Rebecca, but right, did Deborah, find the or, yeah Deborah Deborah. Oh, I think it was Deborah. I forgot. I, forgive me, her name may be off. But anyway, she dies. We have record of that. We have no record of when, she, when, when his mom died. So he may have seen her again. We have no idea. So I, I, it's a it's it's really it's a really vague, grayish area of lack of concrete details. So Pamela, you've been waiting for such a long time. Good, Pamela.
5: You
0: just answered it. I was wondering if uh, Rebecca ever saw Jacob again. Oh. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that was convenient. <laughs> you had a long time for a short for, for a long answer that is 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 just unclear. We don't know. We have no idea. Um Christian tradition says she did not. Jewish tradition says she's not. Biblical doesn't tell us. So we have absolutely no idea. There's no evidence one or the other. Uh yes, Isaac. What he's asking is why don't you come over here and, and so they can hear you too, because they can't hear you. What I think is interesting is that after Jacob and Rebecca planned this whole sequence of how to get the blessing, Jacob leaves and never actually receives his father's stuff, Esau does. He receives Laban's stuff. So the process of Rebecca's trying to sort-circuit it, it didn't work out the way it was technically, you could argue, supposed to. I actually had an exact discussion earlier today with with, with Papa and, and Wayne they both asked the exact same comment you just brought up. So who got Isaac's stuff? <laughs> they wanted to find out. And we don't have a record of it. We don't know who got Isaac's stuff. Um, obviously, Jacob leaves. He's in Laban's house for 20-ish years, give or take. I'm not sure how, the, how long the, the actual migration process took place. He had all animals. It been there a while. But, um, and Esau hangs out with Isaac for roughly that same time period, give or take. And Esau, yeah, and Esau is, is super, uber wealthy by the time Jacob returns. So some argue, well, did he get Isaac's stuff? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Now, Isaac lived to be 180 years old, right? So he's he's alive after Jacob returns back. He's still alive when, when Joseph is shipped off to Egypt. Isaac's still alive. Um, Isaac stay, hangs around for a long time. He dies, uh let's see, Isaac dies in the year before, could be off the year before Jacob, or sorry, year before Joseph becomes ruler of Egypt or of, of Egypt. So Isaac dies and the next year Joseph's in charge of Egypt. So one theologian, one person I run across a number of years ago argued that maybe God was timing it. He wanted Isaac to die first before Joseph could raise up. I don't know. It's a theology. The, the Bible is full of lots of theologies, but because the timing was super, super close. So if Isaac lived that long, all the way through until Joseph is roughly 30 years old, and he's hanging around Jacob's time. If he, if he was hanging around Jacob's tent area space, then maybe Isaac's stuff was still with him as an old band when Jacob returned, and he kind of melded it together with Jacob's stuff. I don't know. We have no record of it. No clue. We do have this record, though. Esau begged, and he cried. And he begged because he was mad about his birthright or his blessing being stolen. And God did not listen to him. So whatever blessings was supposed to be transferred, the blessing of God listening to you, Esau didn't get that. God didn't listen to him. That's more valuable than all the stuff Isaac has. (laughs) Just being honest. (laughs) All this stuff, who cares? God not hearing your prayers, that's huge. So Esau, though he's begging, repentance, whatever he's begging for, I don't really know the w- w- words he spoke. We just have a few, few smatterings of records. Whatever he spoke, God didn't listen. And so, whatever blessings of stuff Rebecca or or, or Isaac or Jacob or Esau were all squ- uh, uh, quarreling over, the God listened to you was more vibrant than all of us. in my opinion. Oh, of course, well finished that. We have uh, one more hand up and I'm already out of time. I didn't even finish my stuff yet. So one more hand up in hello and I have to move on.
5: I just find it kind of funny how like um, Rebecca is kind of like more like the smart one and then Jacob becomes more like the smart <laughs> one. And then yeah. Isaac, he's more like the food guy. And then Esau is the one that like brings up all the food. So I just kind of I Find it kinda of funny because like when um Esau saw the food, he's like, Oh, give me some food, give me some food. And when Isaac saw like once he saw the food, he's like, Oh, I'm hungry, I'll just bless this dude. I'm not gonna investigate any
0: further
1: with <laughs>
0: no, yeah, So I just find it kind enough of enough information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that is true. It it, it 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 it's a it's a funny that 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 was a theme going through both scenarios. This food thing was part of this this testing process, which is A curiosity in and of its own. I I don't understand it fully. Honestly, I just don't. Oh, I said, unless it don't be attracted to so much food. Maybe (laughs) you're gluttony on what the the lesson is. Um, But I wanted to bring up to your attention this. So, we have these goals. I started up here, the short-sightedness versus the long-term goals being listed here. I mentioned that flesh isn't, isn't completely dumb. Flesh does have some thought process, right? And that Esau, when he realizes that Jacob's being sent off to go find a wife in uh, in Laban's household, the, the brother of, of Rebecca, he's being sent off, and Esau is observing, he's watching, and says, wait a minute. So Jacob took my birthright, took a blessing, dad's blessing him again, and sending him off to go find another wife, a better, a better wife, or a different wife than, than the area than the women that are around here. And being the man he is. He says, okay, I see these blessings going to Jacob, these good things going to Jacob and I'm not getting them. So what's a flesh person do? How we get the blessings. So Esau, not being completely foolish, says, okay, my parents don't like my wives, the Hittite women. So Hittites, right? They don't like these these, these two ladies because it points out they're rebellious, they're the rebelliousness of the Hittite women. So he says, okay, instead of going to his mom and dad saying, mom, dad, like a, a, for, first, a forethought, a, a future thinking purpose, say, mom and dad, I'm terribly sorry. Obviously, least I've displeased you. What can I do to fix this? That'd be somebody who thinks beyond their flesh and what is best for long-term goal. And instead he says, okay, I'll go find wife number three and I'll marry Ishmaelite. I forgot the girl's name. Uh, I should have written it down. Anyway, he wears Ishmael's, one of his, his descendants-ish. Uh, I, I, one of his daughters, uh, I can't remember her name. Anyway, a daughter. So he's a third wife. So now put yourself in Isaac's shoes. How many wives does Isaac have? One. One wife, right? One wife. So how many wives does is Isa have now? Three. <laughs> okay. Did his parents approve of any of the three? We don't have record of them approving, saying, ooh, yay, good job, son, on any of them, including even the last one. But Esau, being someone of flesh, said, I need to fix this problem immediately, here and now. Jacob's getting blessings, I'm not. Jacob's getting all the good stuff long-term, I'm not. How to fix this? Oh, I'll find another wife. I'll get, Essentially, I'll put a band-aid on it. I'll just band-aid all of my other two with a third one. See, all good. We're all good to go, right? Let's fix it all, right? We're all happy now. Mom and dad bless me; they love me now. Not so much Jacob. Again, a very short-sighted individual, right? I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's a very short-sighted person. Had he gone to his mom and dad and said, "Hey, I've done something. This is not right. And what, what, how, what can I do to repair or fix this relationship I have with my parents as well with one another?" Point out, double, doubling down on dumb. Yes. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so that, again, a very short-sighted person. It's not that a flesh cannot think. He obviously can think. He can obviously observe. He observed that Jacob was being blessed and he wasn't. So his observation was correct. What to do about it was super, super short-sighted again, because that's all he's thinking. He's, it's the immediate here and now. So we have this, again... The, the, the short-sightedness that even a short-sighted person is not somebody who's ignorant, meaning can't comprehend stuff. It's that their solutions are also just as short-sighted as their as their problems they see. And in Jacob's case, don't be wrong, Jacob had what? You know, four wives total. Uh, because by the way, the word wife and concubine essentially are synonymous with inside our our, our, our Tanakh. They say, well, it's a concubine no, they're actually essentially. The word is, is extraordinarily similar. The, the meaning behind it is essentially the same thing. So he winds up having four and two of them are sisters. Okay. That ain't so great. I'm just saying. So he winds up having four wives. So we can say, well, that's worse. Isa had three. He had four. He got worse. Okay. We're not discussing the number of wives being the problem. We're discussing the short-sightedness versus long-sightedness goal. What was Jacob's goal? He had, obviously, Rachel was his goal, which we'll discuss later as we get through that. That was his goal. What did he get? He got Leah. He got Rachel. He got Bilhah and Zilpah. That's it. Bilhah and Zilpah. So he got four wives total out of it, but that his goal wasn't obviously all four wives. His goal was one. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's complaining. I'm just saying that was his goal. So... But the objective, of course, and all this, isa has lots of kids. He's lots of kids, sons, daughters, a whole bunch of them, to all these women he's got. Jacob he has lots of kids too. So they have, they had the blessings of children, descendants, because flesh has descendants too. Dumb people get married, dumb people have kids. Smart people get married, smart people have kids. They, they, that that that's, that's all the same. We're all human beings. But the short sightedness and the short sighted solution is a problem. Now we have this in Rachel, we ha- and and Leah, <laughs> Leah. And uh Zilpa, I forgot which one goes to which, which girl. Zilpa and Bilha. Um uh, these ladies and of Laban himself, which one of them were long sighted? Long term solution? Shake your head. <laughs> uh I can't think of any. Because they weren't. <laughs> Rachel couldn't have kids. I forgot which one was hers. I think she was I think hers was was Bill huh? I forgot okay uh, but Leia could Leia's, Leia's doing well okay she says, okay take this girl. Leah said, no 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 take this girl <laughs> um, <yeah>. short-sighted solution <laughs> okay I'm not saying Jacob was like, oh no, I'm only without I doubt I will not do so. I'm not saying he was that he wasn't but the point being again a short-sighted solution to the, a long long distance problem. longest problem was the lack of love. That was a long-distance problem. How do I get the love of my husband? Why does my husband not love me? This was the issue. These short-term solutions OK, Esau, in the girl form. <laughs> this, isn't, this is not a solution that works well. These are short-term solutions for long-term, bigger spiritual struggles. The lack of love is the problem here. This is a relationship between the women and their husband, not any more kids. Give more babies, and that, that fixes the love. That doesn't fix the love, it really doesn't, just in case anyone was thinking otherwise. So, we still so the point is that this short sighted fleshness, short sightedness, it doesn't die with Esau. My point being, it blends in with Jacob's line too. It never goes away. The short sight between flesh and spirit is always a battle, no matter how far away you think you came from it, how far distance your past you pushed away. And if it actually goes away, because the short side solution always comes, the flesh solution, flesh solution always pops its head up. I mean, how far I've matured, I've grown past that. That was twenty years ago. Okay, that may be, but the battle is always here. The battle never goes away. Does it make sense? That's why I wanted to bring this stuff out to you. This this this, this nature between spirit and flesh. A whole person still struggles with short-term solutions, just like an incomplete person struggles with short-term solutions, they still struggle with these solutions. They have to say, okay, is this a good solution versus not a good solution? Is this a wise choice versus an unwise choice? I'm not saying that all this stuff that happened was evil, nothing of the sort. I'm just pointing out that in this case of Rachel, Zilpa and Bilka, it's an example of, again, short-term solution thinking to a long-term lack of love problem. Make sense? So that's what i conclude with any thoughts or problems or questions i have they brought up with it two two questions I here at four o'clock go ahead that's it
5: i was just going to say that um they kind of learned it from their father and grandfather stop and think how <laughs> abraham said oh no this is my sister twice right. and then right. apparently they discussed that story over the dinner table because here comes his son, Isaac, Repeat. and he did the same thing. And weirdly enough, to one of the same kings, you know, Abimelech. Right. right, And so that must have been discussed around the dinner table. So I'm thinking Esau and Jacob, they heard that. So it, it goes down generations. So short-sightedness can be hereditary. <laughs>
0: Yeah. She's pointing out, <laughs> she always pointing out. you'd think that if they were discussing the dinner time, they would realize, oh, this solution didn't work out well. I shouldn't repeat it. And yet they repeat it <laughs> multiple times. Okay. Look at these examples, kids. This is what didn't work. Oh, thanks, mom and dad. I'll learn from mistakes. No. <laughs> Let's speak. Mistakes. You think, okay, something didn't click. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Esau, a the thir- a th- a third wife they didn't like. Oh, he chose first to- and the third one they still didn't like. Yeah. You think again, these conversations you think, but then again, thermodynamics is a little different. Who knows? We're not quite clear on how much conversation between Rebecca and Isaac took place. I so don't know what happened with that. So maybe they didn't discuss, like, you know, okay, I did this, but this would have been a better choice. I'm not sure. Maybe they did or didn't. I have no idea what they t- talked about, but it is quite interesting. We have one more comment. Oh, go ahead.
6: Yeah. Um, just I have a few uh, comments here. Uh, you know, I've had uh, so many teachers uh, said about um, uh, the stolen of birthright, but when yes. we look very closely in the scripture, he didn't say he stole it. Because no. we go back to the scripture in verse uh, 28. He said now Isaac loved Israel because he had a t- He had taste of game, but Rebecca loved Jacob. When Jacob and uh, when Jacob had uh, let me pick from. Uh, Esau said, "Behold, I am about to die. So, of what use then is the birthright to me?" And Jacob said, "False right. to me." So he swore to him and sold. All right. Yes. So there is a this, transaction this is that, that, that was a transaction going on in there. And um, yep. This take me back, you know, to Abraham when he bought the the cave of Machpelah. The man yep. we wanted to give it. To Abraham, for free, he said, "I'm name the price, and I'm gonna pay for it." So most of you know the uh, teachers I've had always use the word stolen because uh, if I come to you and I said, "I want to buy this cup of you know this cup from you." And you sold it to me. This transaction was sealed. And later right, so on, generation place. to come, I'm hearing I stole it from you. Then, <laughs> I, you know, I'll be turning in my grave and say, "No, that was a transaction going on." Right. Even in this, because we seen in the side of the Palestinian and all the Islam saying the Jewish stole the land of Israel from the people who originally horned it. And we look at the argument, some of these things coming from, you know, the, the Jewish themselves and the Christian that use the word stolen, stolen, stolen. And I think uh, it is time to change the narrative, you know, the way we say it, that because... It's wrong narrative. Yeah, it's the wrong, a narrative. wrong right. narrative because it passed on to generation yeah. to say, that, you know, he stole it. He said in the three times in the scripture we just read, sell, sell, and sold so there was nothing you know it might be true connive or something like like that but at least one has a spiritual eyesight focus on the game you know the other one is looking at the natural things that he wants to satisfy the desires of the flesh so but he didn't say okay let's do close your eyes and let's do you know okey pokey or something he said you sell it to me while his eyes was open and he gave him the soup that he labor for because he spent his sweat making that stew and so that that's verse, what, you bring that up
0: yeah you bring that up it is that 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 concept of well he stole he took it from me esau has a faulty memory on verse 36 esau says is that rightly named for he supplanted me these two times he quote took away my birthright and now look he's taking away my blessing Esau has this funky, screwed up memory that somehow Jacob took the birthright from him. It was all about it. Yeah, it's all about the me. Then the, It's all about me and me and me. It's all about how I perceive things. This is this is a very flesh and blood type of person and have no comprehension. Wait a minute. Right or wrong. Jacob didn't take their birthright. You sold it. <laughs> you agreed to it. This is a transaction. This is a fair exchange. You thought it was worthwhile that you did it. You're absolutely right. It, it, but. It shows you that there you have two people viewing the same thing, completely opposing one being ab- absurdly illogical, and the one being legit-that's actually legit legit point. So you have these these two viewpoints exactly better: Islam and 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 Judaism, their arguments they have with Hamas and everything else going on, the same philosophy, this, this this idea of, well, he took it, he took it, he took it. He didn't take it. You're absolutely right, he didn't take it at all. Esau Believes in his mind he, that, that Jacob took it. He didn't take it. Esau could have said, "Dude, no, I'll just go off to my own tent down the way because I'm, I'm. This my, we all live right here. We live in like you know probably I doubt more than a thousand a thousand feet from each other, from the different tents. I'll travel to my own tent and eat my own food." It, it, the, 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 this, Esau truly spurned it. That was God's I think point. Esau, you truly didn't care. Didn't give a whoop about it. it meant nothing to you. You could discard it like it was worthless. Therefore, this is a fair exchange. You're absolutely right, Sam. Absolutely right. And the last, the last comment,
6: uh, you know, in all this, we see, you know, uh, God's plan. Because uh, yeah. the uh, Jacob, you know, spiritual figure, and then we have uh, Esau, the natural man. And we go back to Abraza Dasha now. We saw what happened in the crucifixions of the master that we heard the voice of the jewish saying crucify him and the right. hand that nailed yeshua to the cross was the, was the hands of the gentile so that right. the the you know the scripture Bible fulfilled that said for god so loved the world that he gave his only son for he didn't say for god so loved the jew if all those right process only like you know the 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 stoning of the Stephen was only done by the jew but we saw that the crucifixions of the master was both has the voice of the jew which was when i jacob appeared to uh his father he said the voice was is the voice of jacob and the hand is the hands of the Esau. so both has to play in part for redemption to be complete in my own opinion my own you know interpret the way i look at it that you know if the jewish people are the only one who said let's crucify and they crucify him and then you know that means that salvation was mainly for the jewish people but the whole world was in rebellion against yahweh so he brought the sacrifice and that sacrifice can only be made possible to redeem the whole world If all of us, the entire human race, had the hands in it, so the voice came and said, let's crucify him. The authority of that day that has the authority to say, no, we set him free, which is Pontius Pilate, which in some Jewish commentary refer Romans as as the descendant of Esau you know, in some I have Jew- heard that. You're absolutely yeah, right. in they, some they do Jewish argue that commentary. because
0: Edom and Romans... Yeah, know. and yep.
6: Romans... I, so, so when I was looking at this, I said, okay, you know this is God's plan that both Jews and Gentile we have hands in the crucifixion so that the redemption can be universal. So that's that's uh, my last comment.
0: That's a fair comment. And, and I tend to agree with you on, on, on the basic principle. that If you didn't have a blend it wouldn't fit right and maybe that is the symbolism as of why Jacob was dressed as Esau and maybe there was God trying to make some kind of a, a connection or a symbolic attachment as that because you're correct in that in Judaism today I more Judaism actually been allowed more than today maybe a thousand years give or take Edom and Rome are synonymous um in that because the the Resh versus the Dalit they're very very similar in their appearance and so you in, in Judaism, they they used to talk about um, Rome in 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 words. They used the word Edom as its as its word, knowing that in, internally they knew they were talking about, talking about Rome. It was it was a code word, so to speak, because they were synonymous in their in their philosophy. Even modern day tradition, Jewish tradition, uh, Edom is synonymous with Christian. I'm not saying that they're right; they're wrong. I'm just saying that that's synonymous. They're the same word as far as they're concerned in culturally speaking. I'm not saying their word legitimately, it's not, not, not not a legitimate definition, Edom equals Christian. No, it's just that they use that word as reference to it. So they view the world broke up to three categories. You have Jewish, Edom, and Ishmael. So you have Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. That's how they divide the category up in modern day Jewish philosophy. I'm not saying it's right. That's what they do it. So, if that, but even if it, right or wrong, any difference. But the idea that you have Jew and Gentile blending in Messiah's execution and potential yes. symbolism with Jacob being dressed up as Esau and taking the the, the 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 blessing or getting the blessing and deceiving Isaac in the process. Maybe there is some type of connection. That is an interesting thought, Sam. I hadn't tried to, I not tried to think that thing through or try to visualize what that what the implications of that are but you you had you bring up an interesting point uh oh pamela sorry and we got kind of quits at this pamela I'll call you the last one go ahead
5: israel bought the land that they occupy and it was given to them by the british i even met um an, a middle eastern woman who said that uh the jews expelled them from their home, Their, um, the Islams were expelled from their home, and they had to go to Lebanon. And their uncle, who um, whose home they were living in, in, in Jerusalem, um, he su- he supported them while they were in Lebanon. And I explained out to her, well, if your nephew, uh, uncle was working for the British, then he was paid. And if they uh, took you guys out of your home and sent you on to um lebanon is because they bought the home from your uncle they didn't steal it from your uncle and your uncle was able to support your family when you were in lebanon with the money from the proceeds of the house and she just got up and walked away
0: (laughs) if you try to change the narrative to, to 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 point out the flaws the philosophy that's not an uncommon reaction it's a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Um, you, just, just because you just don't confuse uh, a truth with fact, I guess. That's what was it Biden stated. Uh, that if you have a narrative in your head and you bond to that narrative, it's very difficult to break that narrative. Just like the screwed, screwed up narrative that Esau has and Sam had pointed out and still pervasive today, that narrative is just plain wrong because it is a lie believed men believe lies or the truth they drive they drive toward the lie this is a a, a continuous cyclic issue I think that people have I I'm, I'm guilty too I'm a human being we all tend to believe lies pretty readily so but it's it is it's, it's it's an interesting uh, phenomenon that we have
1: you've been listening to a discussion at Halel fellowship if you would like to hear more discussions or
0: if you have any questions visit the website at hallel.info that's h-a-l-l-e-l dot i-n-f-o hallel.info